0: Hello and welcome once again to Rasslin' Memories on Pioneer 90.1 FM. I'm Glenn Broggett, along with my co-host down there deep in the heart of Texas, Mr. Mike McCurdy, a.k.a. The Grizzled Vet. And for this week's edition, it's sort of a recap, I guess, a review of uh, what an explosive weekend Actually, you could almost go into the midweek of wrestling that was down in that Dallas, Texas area uh, for WrestleMania. Yes, nights one and two. Lots more uh, on top of just those two WrestleManias, and there's a lot to talk about just from there. But uh, a guy who got a chance to go to one of those nights of WrestleMania, of course, Mike McCurdy. Mike, welcome to the program, man. We're going to do a little shoot from the hip this week.
1: That's right, man. We're going to say we're going to recap WrestleMania weekend, and good God, like you said, what a weekend it was. I do not recommend as much wrestling as I watched over the weekend. It it was almost an overdose. But, you know, it was fun. The DFW Metroplex, we survived. WrestleMania weekend is over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of events, lots of exposure, lots of stuff
0: to talk about. Yeah, plenty, plenty to, uh, to talk about. And uh, you were uh, down, there, being down there. Of course, you uh, will talk about your WrestleMania experience uh, as well here. But you uh, also had a hand uh, helping out uh, with some shows down there uh, with with David Fuller. How'd those go? And uh, talk a little bit about what was going on as far as those shows and the uh, the, the Hall of Fame.
1: They went well, man. They went well. He. Uh, You know, David, he's been a guest on our show before, and you know, he's he's a crazy little fella. Uh, He relaunched two brands. He relaunched IHW and IHWE. He had a doubleheader on Thursday at the Ridgely Theater. That was, I would say, the start of WrestleMania weekend. But there was like eight or nine other events happening, like all over the Metroplex uh, on Thursday. But you know, his was one of the first ones, and like you said, there was also a uh, a Hall of Fame ceremony. I got to be part of that. Uh, mm-hmm. helped induct Chaz Taylor into the Southern Wrestling Hall of Fame. He, he was a guest on our show a few weeks back and was talking about that. And it was an honor to do that because, you know, Chaz is, Chaz referred called me one of his brothers and I, I appreciated that it meant a lot to me. And I feel the same way about Chaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he and I have kind of hit it off. we got a great relationship. So it was great to be part of that and watch him talk about his dad. And, you know, the, the tears kind of came up when he was talking. So Sorry, Chaz, I didn't mean to tell people that you <laughs> cried on stage, but you did. It was a very emotional moment, though, but there was a lot of inductees uh, that night. Uh, John Allen went in. Stu Myrick was Sports Guy Talking Wrestling, was going to be a guest on our show uh, soon. Jessica James also went in. Trey Urban accepted the award for his father, Fred Urban, who was a known promoter here in the uh, Texas area. Also, oh, Dan Bynum. Dan Bynum was the headliner of the hall of fame are people who don't know who Dan Bynum is. He was a producer for world-class championship wrestling, as well as WCW. The man came out to the world-class championship wrestling theme. He had security bring him to the stage. You know, Dan Bynum made a production out of his uh, induction. It was a lot of fun mm-hmm. and the shows themselves were great. Crowd was loud the entire night. There was a lot of great talent, mm-hmm. uh, mysterious Q with reality of wrestling, Tim storm, former NW heavyweight champion. Sam Stackhouse. If you have not seen Sam Stackhouse, yet, Glenn, mm-hmm. look him up on YouTube. Check this guy out. How would you one describe the then big men you're going to see?
0: How would you describe Sam? I mean, as far as uh, stylistically, uh, who would he uh, be have, have have some similarities
1: to? What? Yeah. Sam is probably, like I said, one of the best big guys on the indie scene right now. Uh, if you kind of look at, I compare him to a Bam Bam Bigelow because he's a very athletic fella and he's a big boy. And we all remember, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow and the you know that man could do cartwheels. I don't know if Sam can do a cartwheel, but like I said, very talented. Fans went for him. Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling was also over here from, uh, you know, the UK. This is his North American wrestling debut, first match in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, pleasure to meet him. He's possibly going to be a guest on the show uh, upcoming. Yeah. I was networking while I was there too, man. Yeah, it sounds But No, like it. overall it was a great show and a great start to the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely seems like it. Uh, and then this was uh, this was before. You kind of hunkered down and got into uh, your big pro wrestling WrestleMania weekend gorge of stuff and events and shows. Man, where do, where do, we, where do you want to begin with this, uh, Mike?
1: Well, you know, like I said, we started, well, that was Thursday. We Then Friday you go into, you had that's a little bit of everything for everybody yeah. this weekend. But you had Ring of Honor, you had SmackDown, you had uh, WrestleMania SmackDown as they were calling it. Uh, The Hall of Fame ceremony of WWE, if anybody got to see that, you got to see The Undertaker, I think, break the record for longest induction speech on the planet. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it was fun. I don't recommend watching as much as I did. As I told you on Saturday, 11 hours. I don't recommend 11 hours of wrestling anybody
0: you need to take a break (laughs) any any sort of ptsd after that uh i i I wouldn't be surprised but uh hall of fame of course uh the undertaker getting in and for i haven't yet to really watch everything i've saw some of the clips it was almost looking like uh undertaker became mark calloway motivational speaker He had like a little tony robbins vibe to him with that with the headset you know being cordless walking around doing his thing
1: I think he's going on tour. I think he's going to and be a motivational speaker, like you said. Uh, no, he, he had the headset mic on and was walking around the ring. He didn't stay put behind the podium. And he talked for an hour. I timed it. It was an hour. It was a great speech, though. And, of course, obviously the Hall of Fame was tailored around the yeah, Undertaker. Exactly. I think this is the smallest class. Well, no, because the first class is actually just one person, Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But one of the smallest classes they've had in recent years
0: so i mean there oh, yeah,
1: was uh,
0: a so in recent memory uh yeah this it was kind of a short lineup but again when you have uh the main event like uh the undertaker you're going to give him as much time as he wants and uh, of course vince uh, inducting him in and uh, there was a few others uh that, that got in on the on the, in the class here this year that i was uh Looking for- I was very happy to see some very pleasant surprises, and first of all, before I get into those, it's about damn time Queen Charmel got in. I swear these these haters online she you I mean all of her years of of dedication <sighs> finally
1: Well, you know, I mean, Charmel has her place with Booker T and King Booker and yeah she was part of the overall package, and she was a nitro girl um. I will be honest with you. I think there are a few ladies who probably should have gone in before her. Yeah. But I am not going to fault, you know, Charmel. I'm not going to take it away from her. You know, she had a great speech and she's got her spot in the Hall of Fame. I'm not going to take that away from
0: her. No, she, she's got the ring. And, uh, you know, uh, they, I, I was really surprised not to see Jenna Maraska there, though.
1: <laughs> there you go. You know,
0: Ooh, that was. But the uh, Steiner
1: Brothers, though, you know, they yeah. went in too. And oh, it was great God. to see, even though you know Rick's getting a little bald, but it was great to see the Steiner brothers back again because, you know, they were one of the top tag teams of the '90s and all that, WCW, WWE. So you know. Rightful induction. It was great
0: to see them go in. Oh, man, you talk about the Steiner brothers. And, of course, it was really uh, good that they kind of made amends and uh, made some peace there with Scott and, and the company so he can be able to attend the ceremony so no idle threats are being made and everybody was, was kind and kosher. But, yeah, to see those guys, you know, at this point in life, I mean, it, 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 it's still in great shape, the both of them. But, man, I, mean, I, I think of tag team wrestling. When they arrived on the scene as a tag team, of course, you know, Rick was doing his own thing in the solo work, you know, UWF, and I remember when he was Rob Recksteiner uh, doing jobs in the AWA in the early 80s, But and Scott did his stuff, uh, you know, in Michigan, And you know, but when they finally came together as a tag team, I mean, that they were like, I mean, the Road Warriors were always, you know, I was younger kid, you know, I loved the Road Warriors, NWA, all of that, and when the Steiners came along, it was like, You know, I like Rick and the Varsity Club, but when him and Scott got together, you really kind of got to see really what Scott was all about at that point. Uh, Because up until then, you saw him briefly here and there in a few matches. Of course, he worked in Memphis too, but it was really cool just to see how fast and how quick they gelled as a tag team together, and just man, the 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 amount of uh, brutality. I mean, Road Warriors, they talk about brutality. I'm going to take the Steiners. They were more ground and pound. You had your belly-to-bellies and your your suple- all kinds of different suplexes. They took you to Suplex City long before Brock and Roll did.
1: Well, definitely, and also they were innovators too. Yeah. How many times had we seen a Hurricane Rana before – when we saw Scott Steiner do the Frankensteiner.
0: I okay, uh, maybe maybe, maybe maybe the slow uh Chavo Guerrero Sr. one, maybe, but then you you know, that's that's still uh, that's a push. But no, not the way Scotty did it.
1: No, his was his was almost like a pile driver style thing, oh. you know. And and the greatest name for a move ever, the Frankensteiner. <laughs> the first time you heard Rick Steiner say, Oh, people look at that move and go, oh, they looked at Frankenstein, and they went, oh, so it's the Frankensteiner? You were like, Wow. Mm-hmm. It was a name, it was a moment, and it was a great move. So seeing them back together and getting, and Rick's son, you know, in case anybody doesn't know that, Braun Breaker getting to induct him and actually making the joke about, uh, you know, he's about to give his Uncle Scott a live mic, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) I thought that was great because they haven't, they have played around a little, but they haven't came right out and said that Braun Breaker is Rick Steiner's son on TV. They've made allusions to it, everybody knows it, but it's never actually been said So to see him induct his dad and his uncle Scott into the uh, Hall of Fame was great.
0: I think from all of this point forward, though, that it's going to be hard not to, you know, in some way, shape or form. But, yeah, good on them. I mean, yeah, Braun, he's got a hell of a future ahead of him uh, if he stays healthy. But it just got me to thinking because I was watching 89-90 World Championship Wrestling. I'm still into early uh, 1991. But I've been watching. And, boy, you talk about that era for tag teams. I mean you had some I mean you had uh the Road Warriors of course you had the Midnight Express uh the Steiners were a part of it you had the Samoan SWAT team uh even the Rock and Roll Express got in there for a while uh, when I look back and watch these matches I mean even New Zealand Militia I mean there was just a whole bunch of teams but they were, all were so damn good it was I mean, around that, eighty, about 88 to about 91, 92, uh, there was some really, really good tag teams. And the Steiners had so many, so many great matches. I mean, that feud with Doom was pretty good. I mean, you talk about later on when they worked with uh, Steve Dr. Death Williams and Terry Gordy. I I mean, those matches. I mean, even some of the stuff they did with the Road Warriors. I, I mean, good Lord. I mean, what a great time. I mean, I mean, growing up, I was a teen around that time. I mean, what a good time to grow up and be a wrestling fan was those late 80s, early 90s.
1: Well, let's not forget you're talking tag teams. Though. You know, like you said, you had Doom. You also had the fabulous Freebirds. You had Michael yeah. Hayes, Jimmy Jam Garvin. Uh, on a on a different note, you had Brian Pillman and Tom Zink. who at that time were very, you know, kind of a high-flying tag team. They had some great matches with That's the Midnight Express. Great feud. You yeah. had the Dynamic Dudes. You Fantastics know, came I, in. I don't know about it, but. Uh,
0: Fantastics great, came in too.
1: That's right. There were some great tag teams, like you said, and we just, there's probably some we haven't even mentioned.
0: Oh man, Nasty you know, Boys. I haven't even touched the service. Nasty Boys. I mean, they
1: get. The they, Nasty Boys, that's right, the Nasty Boys.
0: Because they got a little more flavoring after uh, being in the AWA and working down in the Mid South. That kind of set them up for when they ended up going to the WWF and then eventually making it back to WCW. I mean, that that was basically, those Steiner matches kind of made them and opened up a lot of eyes, especially uh, from the Fed.
1: Well, yeah, you go back and you look and whoever the Steiners wrestled back in time, that was a who's who of tag team wrestling. <laughs> like, you know, Jim Cornette, he praises the Steiner brothers, and he loved working with him. You know, maybe the maybe you know Bobby Eaton and Stan didn't, because, you know, they were a little high impact, but still, it was great matches, and like I said, Steiner brothers are a very worthy tag team to go in. I'm glad, like you said, they were able to settle the differences, and and get inducted in. But another induction
0: Mm. that
1: I I wish had happened a few years sooner, Vader. You know, know. we were just talking Sam Stackhouse is one of the top big guys in the indie scene. Look at Vader. Vader did stuff that a big man just could not do, and he won titles on, I think they said, four different continents.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Jesus, in Mexico and Japan. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, Vader was... was, When you looked at those after magazines, when he was developing into this Vader character, there was none more dominant. And remember, uh, when he first came into, like, the WCW... They uh, tried to bring him in and, and have him work with Stan Hansen for a while, kind of recapture some of the stuff they did overseas, because you talk about uh, the ultimate opponent, uh, eye-popping opponent, it was Stan, Stan Hansen, you know, but I mean, I remember that because those matches were pretty much non-Finish uh, smazes, but I mean... And then later on he came back and they put him in and he was a dominant singles wrestler uh, in in his WCW run. I I really enjoyed those matches he had with with Sting and even Ron Simmons and a few other guys at that time that were, were really shaking. The Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. Oh, come on, you think about their series of matches. Even Davey Boy Smith when when Davey was uh gone uh from from the WWE at, at the time. I mean with that tag remember the tag team uh with with Davey Boy and Sting against uh, Sid Vicious and, and and Van Vader with the whole uh bash little uh, video beach vignette thing. Oh man. Those are some good times. Man.
1: Boat and, yeah. and when, and, uh, how much money do you think
0: when they spent all that money on that thing? Uh, I still, and they kept, the thing about it was they kept making those things. I mean, because they had what, you know, the spin the wheel, make the deal. But They also had Vader and Sting, the, what was it? The White Castle of of Fear or of some doing? The White Castle of Fear. Fear, that's what it was. So it's like, God, you think of Leon White. I mean, it was really cool that we did get a chance to see Leon in that, uh, under that, under the Vader mask and hood and kind of see what what how he developed and what he developed from uh, as far as becoming an international talent because you know he was in the AWA for you know he broke in around the mid late uh, mid 1980s worked uh, with AWA for a while and then he ended up going over to Germany and working with Otto Vance. and then you started hearing more about uh, him doing more things and he come back to the AWA briefly but after that it was pretty much uh, he became an international thing whether it was German Germany, Japan or or even Mexico.
1: Do you remember when you first saw him back in the States when he came into WCW? What I think was Great American Bash versus Tom Zink when he was Big Van Vader. And uh. he came out and it was the smoking headgear and you were just like, wow. Because Vader was just such an imposing presence. I remember watching it on pay-per-view. I remember like, oh, that's Big Van Vader. Yes. I was like 17, 18 years old maybe, but dude, getting to see Big Van Vader Even though we'd seen him in the AWA, like you said, Baby bowl Leon White. But still, to see Vader come out with the headgear and all that, it was just, you were in awe. Because he took that character, which was actually supposed to originally have been Jim Helwig. But, you know, he went on to do something called the Ultimate Warrior, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, you know, to see him come out with it, and it was just the presence and the charisma to it. And just the presentation of it. Big Van Vader was an event. It was something you had to see. And he just got better mm. as the years went on.
0: Oh, my God. And t- you want to talk about hard-hitting that – yeah, he wasn't afraid to be a bit on the stiff side. You watch some of those matches. I mean, good lord! Especially with Cactus. I mean, that Cactus was just like bring it, and and he was loving it. But still, some of the nastiness that Vader could do. The the member, do you remember the Vader Roadkill tour when he ended up going into other uh, territories or other companies? It, like he was in Memphis. I think they showed clips of him powerbombing a bunch of people.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He went through Memphis, all the other territories they were going at that time, and yeah, he was just. Destroying, leave it, and they would leave. He didn't stay long enough to really do anything. He showed up, made a statement, and then left. I remember all that. That was that was fun. And I, like you said, Mick Foley. You know, Mick Foley lost an ear. Yeah, in a match with Big Ben Vader, <laughs> got his head caught in the ropes and just kind of you know seared off his ear, but continued the match. You know, they had some crazy matches, just Foley and Vader and all that. So.
0: Oh yeah, and one of the the best ones was on in '93. It was on WCW Saturday Night where it was the infamous power bomb on the floor and then they did the whole take him out and you know put him in the ambulance, take him to the medical center uh but it was uh yeah, and then how would that like he disappeared for a while, and then you saw him uh out on the streets of Cleveland under this like an old sailor under his under some sort of amnesiac spell, and how they were they, you know, they brought in his wife and kid and they were trying to convince him that he who he was, and finally he ended up showing up uh, at the end of a sh- at the end of a big event but that that to me was just, uh, you know, again, that the whole Cleveland thing, a lot of people love, a lot of people hate on it, but I just thought that uh, that feud in general was was absolutely just, sometimes cringeworthy, just some of the impact.
1: See, funny story about that. I got to meet Mick at a CAC reunion uh, years ago, mm-hmm. and I was a tape trader in the 90s, and I had a tape of the Vader Cactus, like somebody put like together a six-hour tape, and it included the lost in Cleveland, and it was swampy, and he was living in the streets, and oh, Cactus, I'm That's having a, your. I don't know who this Cactus Jack is that you speak of. And you're like, I gave him a copy of that tape. And I was like, Mick, I said, this is it. It's the entire run, it's the entire storyline, the amnesia, swampy. Mick looks at me and goes, shh, we'll talk about that. And I, I thought it was a great. And everybody around him got a good laugh out of it. But I gave him a tape of it to go, here, here's the entire compilation. And he was just like, oh, even Mick is like, God, why? But. You know, you remembered that, and it was Clash of the Champions yep. when he made the appearance because Yoshi yes. Kwan was in that, and that somebody you saw a hand reach out and grab that bag that the Cactus wore around his neck. Somebody took it. You're like, oh, who, who took who took the necklace? Who took it? And then Saturday night, here comes Cactus Jack, and they had the big rematch. And but yeah,
0: man, I totally a lot of for, fun. Yeah, I was trying to piece it together, and I, I had a feeling that you would uh, you'd pick up my loose ends there, and uh, Yoshi Kwan. Boy, Chris Champion—he just that was like his last big sort of exposure with with like any mainstream uh, companies. With, with I mean, he kept wrestling, but ah man, when I think about Chris Champion. I, I think about the new breed again, going back to tag teams.
1: Chris Camp- Champion
0: and Shaw Royal, oh, one of the greats, one of the greats. So, did we get? Did we get all the Hall of Fame? Did we get everybody? I think we, we, we see, Vader or Oh,
1: we can't forget Shad Gaspar the Warrior Award.
0: Oh, absolutely! That would be a tremendous oversight uh, if we uh, didn't mention Shad. Oh, what a story! What a story! I mean, good lord! Did he,
1: you did you see the induction video?
0: I haven't watched it just yet. I haven't I've watched the Hall of Fame yet. So uh, uh, give us a little, little 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 hint.
1: Oh God, the video! It, it, if you do not tear up watching this video, because the entire induction video is just video of Chad and his son, you know, at different at games and just in the car. And they've got video of his son, you know, I love you, dad. And you're just like, oh, dude, they went for the tearjerker on that one. Mm-hmm. If you do not shed a tear watching that induction video, you've got no heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they showed the, the crowd, you know, you see the the they had the wrestlers up on the stage you know, all dressed up. Signature. You saw some of the wrestlers like Randy Orton's like wiping a tear out of his eyes. I mean, the wrestlers were crying watching this video. Mm-hmm. They went for the heartstrings on the Shad Gaspar And then his wife and son come out with JTG, JTG and Sad son do the, uh, Bill Time, Crime Time dice rolling. You know, they did all that. So that was fun to see that come out and a great speech. Basically it was, you know, Shad's wife talking to her son about, you know, how great your father was and how she sees so much of Shad in him and, it was a mother talking to her son about, you know, the man they lost. So very, very, very touching induction. And Shad Gaspard deserved it. Mm-hmm. You know, the last thing he did in his life was save his son before he died. I mean, if that's not a warrior award recipient, if you, there's some criteria for it, I don't know it yeah,
0: is. Yeah, if that's not courage, tell me what is.
1: I mean, just, you know... It, Again, what a
0: legacy he left behind and just it seemed, you know, I still remember when, the, when he passed and the tributes are rolling in, just uh, seemingly what a just a lovable, nice, approachable person and a good reputation that he had. Even, you know, even though he wasn't wrestling with the WWE, he certainly had good connections still with the company.
1: Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. And see, the thing is, while SmackDown's going on, and SmackDown, you know, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, Madcap Moss one, okay? Uh, You know, nothing major, basically set up for WrestleMania. But while all this is going on, not very far away at the Curtis Colwell Center, super card of honor. Yeah. Great card overall, but one of the greatest tag team matches, speaking of tag teams, that you're going to see the Briscoes versus FTR. I'm oh. not going to swear. I want to. Freaking amazing. I've watched that match like five times over the weekend. That yeah. was tag team wrestling personified. That so amazing.
0: That was awesome. That was I, yeah, you're not overselling it, man, because it 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 delivered and it I mean, gosh, this was a great match and as of this taping last uh we're on we're taping on a Thursday, so that last night we saw kind of another uh you know, basically an extension of what happened at the, at the ROH pay-per-view with another even great match with, with uh, of course, FTR and the Young Bucks. But the Briscoes FTR, yeah, it's hard to top, man. That, that is definitely in the short list for 2022 uh, Match of the Year candidates.
1: Oh, God, yes. And like you said last night, I wasn't expecting much out of, because honestly, I, the Young Bucks... I don't think they've they're living to their potential lately in AEW. But to follow up the Briscoe's and FTR with FTR and Young Bucks and to get the tag team match we saw last night on free TV. You know, if there was a contender and there's not, it would be that one. That would that match was far beyond what I was expecting. You know, Briscoes and FTR was everything I expected and more. Was not expecting the same from FTR and the Young Bucks. I'm liking this, uh,
0: having FTR getting their chance to shine and, uh, you know, let them showcase just what a great tag team these two have developed into. I like this push because, you know, you see too much of it on, on social media. You know, FTR, they're not doing much with them. Oh, uh, this, uh, that, they, they've they made their worst move. They You know, they're ruined in, in, in AEW. But it's like you come out into that pay per view out come out of that pay per view now nah, your your mindset's got to be totally uh, at least altered or slightly changed or more than slightly changed into believing these guys now they I don't know it just seemed like that was that had big fight appeal that brought it over to to uh, dynamite last night where they fi- I mean those guys were over like Rover man but it just seemed like they had an extra added shine to them. Uh, coming off of that briscoes match because i mean this was another one like that feud uh, with the bucks the briscoes FTR. how many times have we been reading here you know interactions back and forth between the tag teams and how exciting we were getting the anticipation we were having about when and where this match was going to be held till when it was finally announced for the roh pay-per-view and then you know delivering the way it did man i mean good what a way for roh to step back in uh, with this pay-per-view
1: Well, definitely, and of course, this is the first uh, event in the Tony Khan era of Ring of Honor, which was a little obvious if you watch some of the matches, you know, Wheeler, Yuta, and Minoru Suzuki. There was definitely an AEW kind of a a slant to it a little bit, but overall, it was great, but I agree with Jim Cornette. Anybody who had to follow after that tag match was not going to, because that was the main event yeah honestly that could have been the main event of the card and i don't think anybody would have felt slighted by it, especially those who got to work before them because mm-hmm. after that we got uh Rhett Titus and Minoru suzuki for the tv title Minoru suzuki obviously going over and suzuki man here in texas dude he was the iron man of the weekend that man i think wrestled like six or seven times over the span of the weekend i mean and And that, he was going to other events, too. Like, people would see him, like, backstage at other shows that he wasn't working on. Suzuki was, like, the Iron Man of (laughs) WrestleMania (laughs) weekend here in Texas. He was everywhere. And then you had, you know, Jonathan Gresham and Bandito. I'd never seen Bandito before, Mm -hmm. but I thought that was a great match. And when do you ever see a wrestler who tells the referee to send his manager to the back? He Mm -hmm. wanted to wrestle a real match. He didn't want Chavo interfering. I thought that was entertaining. But to follow FTR and the Briscoes, and I hate to just keep, like, gushing about it, but to follow that, impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, the crowd just, they had seen so much by then, and just to follow that. Mm -hmm. But the Supercard of Honor in itself was a great card.
0: Oh, I thought it was an absolutely fantastic show. I mean, I mean, it's the first time I've watched a Ring of Honor pay per view in quite quite some time. I kind of just lost track because I we don't have a Sinclair station uh, nearby, and I keep forgetting to watch it online. And then shows mount up. You know that happens. And I, yeah. but I mean, coming in, I, I wanted to give a, a clean slate. I wanted to make this show one. Of, of being committed to whenever they decide to do what they do, whether it's television, uh, online streaming, YouTube, whatever. Uh, I did, for as far as the first show out, I was, yeah, I, I really, really, really liked this uh, pay-per-view a whole bunch. And, and I'm a big fan of this Jonathan Gresham, and I'm really kind of liking... Uh, this feud with Jay Lethal. I mean, just because of their ties and their connections. I mean, Jay Lethal, there was another one that signed with AEW and they didn't know what the heck was going on after a while. He was just working dynamite or working dark and uh, dark elevation, maybe an occasional rampage match. But I think, uh, you know. Again, I don't think it's a step back because I mean you're moving back into a, a relaunched company and you're working against one of the uh, again, uh, one of the great up and coming wrestlers right now, this Jonathan Gresham. I can't wait to see Jonathan Gresham in like a, you know, a Brian Danielson or even a Samoa Joe, you know, stuff like that. There's a, pl- a lot of options, a lot of upside for John, and I just I, I like his style. It's, it's it's a little throwback. It's a very very uh uh, unique style. He's not all Mister High Spots. It's it's kind of refreshing.
1: Oh, definitely. I like I said. I enjoyed ROH. As soon as they announced the tag team match, I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it because I had the entire WrestleMania weekend off, and I was like, all right, I'm committed to this. We're going to do it. Uh-huh. You know. And I'll admit, I fast forwarded, watched it on Fight TV, went to the Briscoes and FCR, then I went back, watched the show from beginning to end. That's what I did on Saturday. That was part of. Uh, my eleven hours uh, was Ring of Honor, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you know, uh, as far as the Briscoes go, I've been you know I've seen online. Of course, I'm not going to say that it's fact or gospel, but it appears again that uh, it, not, not unlike in the past, but Impact Wrestling has been showing an interest in the wanting to have the Briscoes come aboard for some shows, whatever period of time. But again, with Impact, th- that would be kind of cool because Impact is basically like. Forbidden Dorville, because you see so yeah. many different ones. I mean, I, I get the, the weekly show on YouTube, and uh, I, I I like it because, again, I'm not expecting it to be AEW, WWE, or even ROH. Impact is impact. It's goofy at times, but they have a great ro. They have a talented roster. I mean, you can't be sleeping on it. And they're, the way that they are so friendly with all of the other companies— it kind of provides for a variety. You never know, kind of know who's going to pop up at a at a couple of nights of tapings, you know, who's going to be on the show this week. And if they had – if the Briscoes end up in there, that could be – you know, that, that could bolster their tag team division up, I mean, instantly. And they, I could see a couple of really good feuds. I mean, there's a lot of great talent, I mean, for the tag teams up to the X Division guys. I mean – don't don't sleep on Impact. I mean, it's hard to believe we're still talking Impact, and it's going to be their twenty. It, well, it's going to be this summer. They turn officially 20 years.
1: You know, Impact is almost kind of like, and I'm not being insulting, they're kind of like the cockroach of professional wrestling. <laughs> you can't kill them. No. And it's like, oh, I got them. Nope, we're coming back. We're coming back. You said, you know, 20 years, and they should have been DOA like a few years back. I mean, when they went to, what was it, the – the Sportsman's Channel, yeah, Pursuit, some... Pursuit,
0: I think it was, and boy, Pursuit that...
1: Channel, yeah, the weird, the weird hunting channel. Oh, like that
0: was terrible. Okay,
1: I don't even know what that is. They're done. Nope, they came back. Now they're on Access TV, which, you know, obviously, you know, Mark Cuban and everything else. So, you know, they love their wrestling over there too. But they should have been gone when they were on the hunting channel.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was one time I remember watching. That they had a main event match on, and all of a sudden, they went to commercial break, and they never came back. They went right to a hunting show. It was just like nothing. The main event was not—it wasn't resolved. I had to go back and kind of look on the spoilers about who won that match. It was, it was the weirdest damn thing. And, and then you had you know, Destination America. You had—what uh, was the Pop Channel for a while, too—
1: I they mean, were on pop. they were on pop, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, these guys. I mean, having this deal being made with with Mark Cuban, you know, and the uh, Axis folks. I mean, you have that, and you have New Japan on the on the network again. So that I mean, that's a good night for mm-hmm. some good wrestling, fans. And I wish I would have had the time because I would have loved to have seen what they did on the with the uh, multiverse uh, of matches. Because I mean, I'm looking at the results of this event that was held uh, last Friday night uh, on April 1st at the Fairmont Hotel in uh, Dallas, and there's a, some really interesting uh, c- scenarios here because I'm looking in the Impact uh, X Division Tag Title uh, Ultimate X Match. Trey Miguel uh, w- w- uh, got over against Blake Christensen, who's up and comer. Chris Bay, who I think's money all day. Jordan Grace, Jonathan Gresham's uh, other half, better half, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and Rich Swan and Vincent from from ROH. I mean, that in itself of itself sounds like a great match. I mean, Trey Miguel's another one to, to look out for. Him. He's a uh, uh, I guess he's the one of the, the rascals that didn't get himself recently removed from the WWE. But anyway, I digress. Uh, okay, Mickey James Nick Aldis, uh, you had the husband and wife, uh, husband and wives battle. They bat- took on and defeated Chelsea Green and NWA champion Matt Cardona. Speedball Mike Bailey, one of my favorites these days, uh, defeated Alex Shelley. You had an impact, uh, knockouts, tag team uh, matches. Uh, you also had. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, uh, Defeat Eddie Edwards. Jonah and Josh Alexander against Moose and PCO. Deanna Perazzo had a, a, a Champ Champ Challenge where she worked with Fabi Apache from AAA. Uh, Chris Saban against Jay White and the Good Brothers against the Briscoes at the end of it. That was the second time the Briscoes wrestled that evening.
1: Yeah, I think the Briscoes had like three or four matches over this weekend too. Because one thing people don't, you know, outside of the ceremony, understand you know it was referred to as wrestlemania weekend but it was really wrestling weekend mm-hmm. thursday friday saturday sunday there was even a group vip pro wrestling they ran midnight after mania on sunday after night two was over you could go just down the street and they had a match. and the card i think went until 3 a.m huh. so there was wrestling all weekend all day that the Ring of Honor pay-per-view was in the evening. Uh, NXT, they ran on Saturday night one of WrestleMania. They ran, I think, at, like, noon. So, you know, you see a crowd that's there at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was all day, every day for four days. You couldn't throw a dime without hitting, like, a wrestler somewhere. <laughs> In the Metroplex over this last weekend.
0: Oh man, exactly. And uh, we, yeah, again, I, I might. I'm tempted to, to go back and maybe watch the multiverse of matches just because. Again, we met, I went over it that lineup. There's a lot of great talent on that. And uh, well, I guess we can get into the uh, the. I guess WrestleMania itself kind of saved the, the 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 big one for for last year, Mike. I I think we can get into it right now. We got some time.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think that WWE had an event over the weekend, yeah. along with Game Changer and Impact and Ring of Honor and who and all the all the multiple local promotions in this area. Yeah, I think WWE ran like a night or two or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was called yeah. WrestleMania.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They found they found a the local uh, venue. I mean, I mean they, they do
1: what they do. Yeah, but two nights. Seventy-seven thousand people in attendance on Saturday. Seventy-eight thousand people in attendance on Sunday. And no we are not going to follow WWE in their press release of 156,000 fans attended WrestleMania over the weekend for the biggest audience in history. No, oh, that's a because a lot of the people were there for both nights. You can't count them twice, but you know, the WWE press machine, you know, they kind of got to, you know, inserted up. But yeah, no, there was not 156,000 fans in attendance over the weekend. <laughs> 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 there's a lot but there was not 156,000 fans as soon as i read that i was like no that's not how that works
0: but but you know with all things, they set a box office record yeah but all things considered i mean think about with you know by this time next year or year after when things start to kind of uh, again continue to ease up a little bit and, and you can get a more of a foreign delegation again of, of fans coming i mean th- these things are going to keep getting bigger again i mean we're rebuilding but two big nights down there in in, in dfw and boy what what a first night uh, to to come out and and swing the way they did with i mean the the kevin owens uh, stone cold steve austin thing i mean that was just magnificent but i mean you had the becky lynch bianca Belair match and of course finally god i'm so glad this uh reveal finally happened cuz I was so sick of the back-and-forth volleying with the fans uh, online about this guy. I'm a fan. I don't mind him. But, yes, Cody Rhodes came in and uh, had a big, big return, a big match with uh, Seth Rollins. He he popped the crowd. It's kind of nice, I guess, for Cody to hear the fans uh, cheering him once again.
1: See, the great thing about that was up until, like, you know, it's, uh, Seth Rollins in the ring, you're like, okay, here comes his there was still in the back of my mind, I'm like, is it Cody? Because you know, it was going back and forth, you know? Yes, Cody was going to be there. I, there was no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But maybe they were going to save him for the mania after Raw, because that's always the big, you know, the biggest Raw of the year. So it was like, is he going to be part of this? Are they going to swerve us? Because, you know, there there's rumors of Shane McMahon. So until I heard the opening music, and they brought over Cody's music, it was his AEW entrance, and the fans you know, went banana for it, yeah, yeah. you know, as, uh, you know, Pat Patterson might say, Absolutely. but yeah, 77,000 people cheering for Cody Rhodes, you know, that that did something. He felt that when he came up and heard that, cause you know, AEW has got big crowds, but this is 78,000 people at what is considered the biggest sports entertainment event of the year. So that had to be something. And it was a great match right after you just saw a classic match between Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch then the crowd gets Cody and Seth Rollins. WWE rang whatever like enthusiasm they could get out of that crowd just in those two matches. Oh, To do that sure. back-to-back was just amazing.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, again, the, the Stone Cold thing, I mean, that was just a whole bunch of fun. I mean, with, with, with Kevin Owens, the perfect opponent, I think, for, for him in, in that sort of scenario, because cause Kevin can dish it out verbally. But I mean, to have a, that turn into the match it did. And, uh, you know, again, we weren't expecting a mass, you know, a, a scientific battle of the ages. We got kind of what we expected if, there, you know, the
1: scenario of the match were to go through as it did. See, honestly, I got more than I expected. I figured it was going to be Austin going to come out, they were going to talk, jaw jack, Austin finally said, I'm just here to whoop your ass. And they were going to, like, fight, and then there was going to be a stunner, boom, beer battle, you're over. So when Owen said that I didn't invite you out here to talk, I invited you out here for a, to challenge you to a match, I was like, and, like, the 90, you know, the kid in me kind of came up like going, we're going to see Stone Cold wrestle. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Like you said, it's it's Austin. It's 19 years later. He couldn't do a lot of what he used to do. But the man still took a stunner. He took a bump on the concrete. You know, you're not expecting that at his age with all his, you know, knees and back and neck and everything else. But, you know, it ended great. And it ended night one, which was probably the best night. You know, I was at night two. But night one was probably the best night of uh, the weekend for WrestleMania. Mm-hmm.
0: Now we're hearing a lot of big, big praise for a lot of big matches for night one, but yeah, you know, I guess what I've been getting the the, the vibe off of uh, uh, the the uh, Charlotte uh, Ronda Rousey match was it was a bit of an underperformer. Uh, you know, again, it's kind of hard to top some of these matches that are already on the card, but I haven't really been hearing all the glowing reviews that I've been hearing from from these other contests in regards to to Charlotte and and, and Ronda.
1: It didn't for me. It didn't deliver. It wasn't what I was, I was expecting, something more. But once again, I think also that might have to do with card placement after you just saw, you know, that great ladies match. And then you saw Seth and Cody, and then you get down to the end, there, and then you've got, you know, Charlotte and Becky. It did, the crowd didn't seem into it. There was a few spots that kind of seemed off. But, and I'm a Ronda Rousey fan. This is one of the matches I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't, it didn't hold up for me. I don't really think not I'm not saying it was bad. Yeah. It just wasn't what I was expecting.
0: Yeah, I see. I was, I, I guess I've been kind of getting the gist from you know that Ronda. Real, I don't know if it's not the same Ronda. I mean, post uh, baby and all of that. Uh, I, I don't know if it didn't. It, some people were saying that her heart really wasn't completely into it the way she was that first run. But you know, it is what it is. Oh, and speaking of, it is what it it is. How about the Miz and Logan Paul? What a tag team they were taking on uh, father and son, um, the Mysterios.
1: You know, I give Logan, if there was an award for it, I'll call it the Bad Bunny Award because last year, you know, Bad Bunny shocked everybody by how good he did. If there was an award for celebrity participation, it's going to go to Logan Paul this year.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, I know the guy's a boxer and everything, but boxing's a little bit different than wrestling. But, you know, even Jim Cornette raved about him and said WWE needs to do some more with him. You know, Logan Paul should be a part of the WWE right now because he was good in the ring. You know, you wanted to hate him. But he did his job so well. When he did the three amigos and then he did the little dance, you know that pissed people off. I mean <laughs> Logan Paul and the Miz, I wasn't expecting much out of it. Big surprise for me. I loved watching Logan Paul. You know, I am a Miz fan, but I just the match just kinda didn't. But Logan Paul was great.
0: Mm-hmm. So we could, should expect something down the line. Maybe he could become a maybe a, a, a SummerSlam Survivor Series, yeah. Maybe even Royal Rumble next year. So there's a lot of potential upside uh, out of the fall They Paul should do situation. something. Let
1: him get back for uh, the skull crushing finale that he took from the Miz. I'm,
0: I'm thinking. I'm thinking. They, they've
1: got an obvious storyline,
0: so I'm thinking obvious Royal Rumble uh, elimination leading to Mania match.
1: Maybe SummerSlam, maybe SummerSlam. You I don't know th- if it would uh, last as long as the Rumble. That's what I,
0: I, I think we'd we'll just sprinkle it in here and there with element of surprise later. But I mean, yeah, I could see it working for SummerSlam too. So there, there, mm. we got a couple of scenarios. So now we go to night two, and uh, this show is uh, kicked off uh, with Triple H. Triple H uh, going out, making his big entrance, and doing the classic when a person is done in the business, leaving his boots in the ring. What a career! What a career Paul Levesque had inside the squared circle from those terrorizing days to making it to WWF, uh, you know, working DX, finding his own way with the game. I mean, wow. What a run. But unfortunately, again, he's stepping away for the right reasons. You know, he had a cardiac episode and he wants to uh, live a longer life, wants to be around for the fam. So I guess in all in all. Yeah. And all in all, I think yeah, like we
1: don't want we don't want that going haywire in the middle of a match. No, he cannot wrestle anymore. No, no, that's the
0: reality of it. But I mean, that was a way to kick it off. Do the say goodbye. Hello. And welcome again. Saying goodbye, but yet welcoming people to another night of, of mania. The night that you made your way to WrestleMania. Let's let's start. with Yes. You, man. Yes.
1: The night I was one. My son and I were two of uh, seventy eight thousand seven hundred something people. I thought it was I
0: thought it was four hundred jillion.
1: 400, it sounded like it sometimes. Yeah. You know, you got there, and if you haven't seen AT&T Stadium before, this thing is huge. You know, this is like, I think, the second time I've been there, and it's just huge. And you walk in, and you just see the lights and the WrestleMania stage. I mean, before the show even starts, it's obviously, you know, WWE's been doing this for, you know, 38 years. They know how to put on a presentation, and a presentation they did, there was a DJ playing live music uh before during the pre-show and all that to kind of keep the crowd going. he's playing WWE themes and other music and kind of hyping the crowd. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you didn't just go in there and sit in an empty building. You walked in and you felt the WrestleMania experience. This is my second one.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh, this is the first one I've gotten to take my son to. And you mentioned Triple H. You know, they do the whole thing. and We're going to start in three minutes. You see the Peacock feed on the screen. You're like, okay, here we go. There's Mark Wahlberg and his, and this is, in the greatest thing. I'm like, oh, God, get this over with. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to it, Triple H's music hit, and it was the first pop of the night. Crowd went gaga as soon as that music hit. We were all on our feet. Everybody was screaming because nobody knew Triple H was coming. Mm -hmm. And for the people online that are like, oh, he's just a glory hound, spending this much time on his entrance, this man is not going to get a retirement match. He cannot have a retirement match. Give him this. Let him come out on the grandest stage of all time. Thank the fans, welcome to WrestleMania, leave his boots in the ring, and walk away. Exactly. Give him this, because he is not going to get a retirement match. Yeah. He's not going to be like Edge or Pong that are going to come back. You're not going to see him come back from an injury. No, this is a heart issue. He's not going to come back and all of a sudden be like, oh, I can wrestle now. No. No. We are not going to see Triple H in a match again. This is his retirement moment. And it was a great way to start WrestleMania, and it got the crowd like hyped from the beginning.
0: Yep, and it led right on in uh, to we a great night. Of some, you know, again, was a, a night of matches. Let's right, let's talk a little bit about it here. Uh, RK Bro in a three-way tag team match with the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. I mean, you got some guys that can really go, man. Uh, RK Bro, of course, Randy Orton. Uh, yes, I, 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 I still can't believe Randy Orton hasn't. Uh, hasn't uh, turned on him yet hasn't turned on him just yet
1: you know it's going to happen you know it's going to happen we're going to see the dissolution of rk bro so they can have their program together which is what's going to elevate matt or excuse me riddle Riddle. not Matt riddle Riddle to that next level because riddle is a main event performer one day he will be the main event of wrestlemania i'm Mm -hmm. comfortable in saying that Mm -hmm. but right now yeah rk bro the street profits you know alpha academy great match Mm-hmm. great wrestlers Otis did what he does he did the power moves you know Chad Gable did his thing Street Profits did their high flying stuff Matt Riddle's springboard RKO dude to see that live was like wow I mean <laughs> just out of nowhere to jump up the top rope and off of that you got damn and then Orton falls it with the uh you know the other guy coming off the top rope and hits him with the RKO so
0: stereo is what they go with the RKO, but yeah, that was a hell of a tag team contest. I I like I li- really I like the Alpha Academy, of course. Yeah, Chad Gable getting a better chance, uh, yeah, getting uh, making me forget about the Shorty G nonsense and Street Profits. I'm still waiting for the Street Profits uh, dream match against Private Party.
1: Yeah, well, maybe you know once the contract's the end or something, you know, maybe you know private party will get let go. But
0: That'd be like the clone. You, you fight. do
1: kind of see some similarity between yeah. the two, don't you?
0: Very much so. I mean, uh, not to knock any of them, though. I mean, the, the, both teams are, are quite gifted. But I would, I would love to be uh, the the referee in the ring, or or just be a fan in the in a ringside listening to those guys figure out the, and work out a match because such similar styles. What a big uh, the big man almost. Made his uh, WrestleMania appearance against Bobby Lashley. Now, this wasn't expected to be, again, a, a, a technical thriller. This is kind of the big man match of, of Mania. We'll talk a little bit about it. Bobby Lashley uh, getting the better of
1: Omos. See, there's another thing, too. You see Omos you know, or Omos on TV and all that. You don't realize how big that man is. Even yeah. where I was sitting, you could see just how giant of a man Omos is. TV does not do him justice as far as how big this boy is. I mean, even the seats we were at, he was still towering. I was like, damn. You know, but they put, for me, they put it together, like, really quickly. It's like Bobby Lashley comes out. Da-da-da-da. Okay, now he's going to face some WrestleMania. You know, and Bobby, you know, braining himself on the, uh, on the turnbuckle on the post or whatever, that was just bad. But luckily, everything came out on that one. But... You kind of got the feel of it, and yes, Bobby Lashley got the win. Is this going to stall Omos? I don't think so. Obviously, you know, for people who watched it, you saw what happened on Monday. Now Omos has someone to speak for him. He's got MVP. I think that's going to help because Omos just should not talk.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Now the match uh, the purists are still talking about. Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. I mean, again, you look at this, I think this was uh, just a whole lot of fun. I mean, I, a good, stupid, fun match. I mean, there wasn't big money, on, big titles on the line. I mean, there wasn't uh, loser leaves, whatever. This was just uh, some good, dumb fun. And the, and the Jackass crew uh, delivers with Sami Zayn. Talk about it from being in attendance, uh, your take on this match.
1: I went in thinking, okay, Sami Zayn, Giant Knoxville, okay. I knew what it was going to be. So the people who were like, oh, it was like Home Alone meets WWE. No, this was literally jackass, the wrestling match. Mm. Far more entertaining than what I expected it to be. The crowd was into it. we Man, they cheered for him. <laughs> they were cheering for Party Boy. They cheered for everything. When Knoxville raises his hand up and sets off the remote control you know sparklers or fireworks pyro off the ring you know up but I mean they popped for everything Johnny Knoxville was over like a million dollars with the crowd in Arlington which for me I think is what kind of increased the match because I was there live I was watching my son was having fun with it he's just recently discovered jackass Mm
0: -hmm. so you know
1: he was having some fun with it but the crowd interaction with it and how everybody was cheering for everything for me that's what made the match just that much better Mm you know it was more than what I expected. You know, if you listen to Jim Cornette experience uh, this, or drive through this last week, last night, it was 15 minutes of, I think Jim Cornette almost had a stroke. He hates it,
0: obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, not Jimbo, no.
1: Not, not, not Jim, no. Not the leader of the cult of Cornette, not him. No, he hated it. I've seen a lot of people that were like, you know, they didn't like it. Uh, Bob Cook, who was a former guest on our show, he enjoyed it because oh, yeah. some of the old-school guys could see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. It was purely entertainment. You weren't watching this to see a suplex or an armbar. You weren't watching this to see submissions. You were watching it to see what you got. Bowling balls of the nuts, the boot, the mousetrap. The mousetrap mouse thing was a little ridiculous, because on TV they can kind of edit it as yeah. they're showing it. Live, they struggled with that mousetrap getting it into their – it was horrible to watch <laughs> that live. <laughs> I haven't gone back to look at it, but what I've seen – the cameras are editing a little bit of what you see. So it looks a little more seamless. Sure. Live, they were struggling with a giant mousetrap. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean that's got to be expected. Everything really can't be that too smooth, but fun, yeah. fun, fun stuff. I mean, again, it's not going to be something we're going to look back and uh, think of in the you know the same vein of uh, Steamboat
1: Savage. But it was, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah. Sasha but Banks. To see it on TV. Yeah. you can See, I I give WWE props to their editing process. They made it look far better because they struggled with some of the props a little bit because they were a little big.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, again, trying out all of those things and, and keeping them conducted in the continuity of a match. I mean, that that too must have been something, you know, as far as you know, having a certain amount of time, all that plays into it. But overall, entertainment was 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 definitely found. Sasha yeah. Banks, Naomi, win the uh, World uh, Tag Team Championships for the ladies uh, over uh, the champions of the ta- going in Carmella and Queen Zelina, who have, of course, I've just heard. Split up the team. Naomi. Uh, also, we had uh, you also live and uh, Natalia.
1: Morgan, Rhea, Ripley, and, and Natalia, and Shayna. Yeah, Bader I was again. trying to get.
0: Yeah, my thing was freezing up on me. But so uh, I don't know. Sasha Banks. I always I think of her more in the in the singles mix. It's just that damn good. But I guess her and Naomi would be all right for a tag team uh, you know, for tag team champions. However long of a period they're going to run. But uh, I mean. Again, another one of those is what it is. Good good, good match, good results, boom. That's I what... would have went with
1: Liv and Rhea if it were me. That's who I was kind of rooting for. I thought that made kind of like the better team. But mm-hmm. overall, though, live, this was a match that just did not. This was a match where I actually got up and went to use the restroom and got a concession. Mm-hmm. The crowd was not into it. No. They just seemed kind of flat. It was just like, all right, we're going to throw all the women in there and they're going to have a match. And the crowd was just not into
0: this one. Yeah, I think everybody was just kind of calming down and resetting because, I mean, you had Edge and AJ Styles as well. What are your thoughts on uh, Edge against the phenomenal one?
1: That was a great match. Crowd was into it. Um, Edge's, Edge's entrance was really cool to see live with the pyro and the, and the throne coming up and him walking down. You can see where he's going for a more darker, mm-hmm. you know, style. Damian Priest now with Damian Priest was kind of interesting because from where I'm sitting you didn't see him pop up we had to see it on the screen yeah but he just kind of was like there like hi (laughs) and you're like where were you where was he where did he come okay it kind of if i hadn't seen it on the screen i wouldn't have known it happened because there was no reaction to it Uh it was just aj looking at him like oh hey and then you know ed speared him on the top and got the pin
0: boom Uh
1: but damien did not get a reaction because i honestly i don't know if the crowd knew where he came from (laughs) he just kind of was hi i'm here and that was interesting i wouldn't have known if i hadn't seen it on the screen because there was really no reaction to it at the time
0: (sighs) interesting perspective from being there uh this match i'm not even gonna comment new day sheamus rich holland they brought it over from the night before basically was just i don't know it was here there gone boom was done in under two minutes
1: I wouldn't even have put it on night, two. I don't even know. If that's what they had originally planned, I wouldn't even have bothered to put it on the show. It went over, like, you know, nobody liked it. They were boo. They were. I think they were booing more They said Ridge and Sheamus winning. They were booing that it was like less than two minutes.
0: Yeah, because it that that was, was the nothing.
1: only match at WrestleMania that was that short. It just seemed like a waste of time.
0: Well, Stone Cold made his way back to Mania for night two uh, at the end of the big contest with Pat McAfee, Austin Theory, Vince McMahon out down there as well. What do you? What's your take on this, Pat McAfee? Though I mean, for a guy. That, uh, you know, he does announcing and stuff. I mean, he's been training for uh, for rest of quite some time. But, man, that guy does some good stuff in the ring for a guy who's not doing it every week.
1: Well, yeah, no, I mean, we've seen Pat Maxby obviously, against Adam Cole. And yeah. we saw him at the, uh, you know, in war games. So we we know he's athletic. We know he's talented. The superflex spot off the top rope, where he backflipped, runs up, jumps up to the top rope, does the superflex. The crowd blew for that one. They loved that. That was a big pop for that one. Vince McMahon coming out. I've never been in a building, you know, I've I've seen Vince McMahon live at like a Raw one time, but this was interesting to hear 78,000 people singing No Chance in Hell. <laughs> Vince is supposed to be the evil Mr. McMahon, but the fans love to sing along with his uh, theme music. You know, so another big surprise that everybody popped for was McMahon coming out. Obviously, though, after, you know, McAfee got to win with Austin Theory, we go through the way too long and speaking from the person who's there live, the crowd was not into it. They were silent. I think they were sitting on their hands. Nobody cared. It was just it was crickets. It was so quiet. I don't think anybody cared about the McMahon McAfee thing. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a waste of time. It was another one of those like it was just dead. You know. T V obviously maybe they can kinda like up the crowd noise a little bit, but live it was dead. Nobody cared. Mm-hmm. And it went too long. It was like four or five minutes long. You're like, okay, is this over the punt kick thing? Oh, we're going to celebrate. Let's take a selfie. But then the glass shattered. And a total 180 because this crowd, it was very silent, very dead, all of a sudden back up on our feet. And, you know, screaming and yelling. Everybody was all excited because they got to see Austin come out. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, business picks up every time. Oh, uh,
1: definitely.
0: Yeah, and now we, 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 hey, man, we're almost to the to the end of the program. We we timed this just right because we still have one more match: the winner take all championship unification match. Uh, Universal Champion Roman Reigns going in against WWE Champion Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns getting the victory. Uh, some people were a little disappointed in this one as well. Were you disappointed in uh, the overall match? What's your take on this?
1: Once again, it was another one of those. That I think the buildup, it didn't deliver to it. And there was a weird feeling in the crowd. You know, they weren't cheering Roman Reigns. They weren't cheering Brock Lesnar. I mean, there were Roman Reigns fans, obviously. I had a group of them right in front of me that hands up in the air with the one finger. But I don't think it met the buildup. And it just seemed, the way it ended, it just seemed to kind of like end. But now we're hearing that possibly Roman might have had an injury. During the match, he I guess at one point in time he tells Paul it's out referring to his shoulder. Jim Cornette saw some stuff online and he says to him it looks like a a, a tear because of the way it knotted up and bolts up, which is not what a separated shoulder was going to do. So we're looking at that. There might have been a possible injury, which that could have you know laid into exactly what happened. But overall, it didn't have the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. It didn't have the big fight feel. You know. Remember yeah. the first show had all the big entrances, you know, everybody's coming out with the crazy entrances. Bianca Belair had her entrance and and shame and Cody, oh Sheamus, Seth and Cody. This one you had Sasha come out in the I was expecting more bigger entrance. I was expecting it was Roman and Usos and Paul Heyman they came out and then Brock Lesnar came out. I wanted a bigger I wanted a more big fight feel to it because that's what they were promoting it as. And for me, it didn't come across as that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's Probably just, uh, they, were, they were spent by the time, because, I mean, two big nights of wrestling like that. But, but again, still, that's kind of disappointing that they didn't go all out as far as the, the big entrances for everyone. But anyway, we have wrapped it up, my man. We've made it. Your odyssey of wrestling has paid off into this edition of Wrestling Memories with a whole bunch of great uh, updates and hot takes. And man, would you do it again?
1: Um, if it comes back to Dallas, probably I'd go again. Will I be one of these guys that travels around? Like, am I going to go to SoFi Stadium next year? No, no. I'm going to stay right here in the DFW. And if it comes to me, I might go to them. But, you know, overall, it was fun. Um, overall, if you're a wrestling fan, you had a great night. You had a great weekend of wrestling. If you're not a WWE guy, you're not an AEW guy. You had something that you could go see here in the Metroplex. And almost everything that was available, like, big card-wise, was available through Fight TV or through other streaming services. So if WWE is not your cup of tea, you had something to watch. This was an amazing weekend of wrestling. I'm detoxing a little bit. I haven't even really sat down and watched Raw yet. I watched AEW last night because it was something a little bit different. But, you know, I'm going on a detox right now.
0: rightfully so man but thank you so much uh, for sharing all of the stuff all of the results of your wrestling odyssey well that's it for wrestling memories this week for the grizzle vet mike mccurdy i'm glenn brogg it's so long for now